Mark safe from Biden's incomprehensible word choices today. The Kate Daly Show starts now. So it's not going to be easy. It's going to be really hard. And we're going to have to work at this every day. But I want to do that because I want you. I want all of you forever. You and me every day. (laughs) Will you do something for me? Please. You just picture your life for me. 30 years from now, 40 years from now? I would rather have had one breath of her hair, one kiss of her mouth, one touch of her hand, than an eternity without it. One. We live in a cynical world. A cynical world. And we work in a business of tough competitors. I love you. You complete me. And I just had... Shut up. Just shut up. You had me at hello. You had me at hello. Oh, happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> Welcome to the Kate Daly Show. Happy that you're listening in today, of course. Um, wow. That uh, that was The Notebook, the Nicolas Cage. Then, of course, you complete me. Shut up. You had me at hello. I know. You just love it, don't you? You just eat it up. I know. I, these are some of my favorite movies. What can I say? Melissa, uh, Midwest Melissa's on with me today. How are you, Melissa? I'm really good. Happy Valentine's Day. Yeah, the day that I'm not crazy about, but I love my people. I just, I call it Hallmark Enrichment Day and um, the Flower (laughs) Enrichment Day. And I just, to me, I don't like to be like, like pressured, right, to say something or to do so or have anyone else in my life pressured, right, to say something to me. That's the only part I don't like. Am I a romantic, though? Yes, I am. I married in 12 days. That's how romantic I am. I literally, uh, my husband said, let's go get married. We did. We eloped. Um, so it only knew him 12 days. That's romantic, don't you think? Yeah. Yes. Some might have other words for that as well, but it seems to have worked out in your case. <laughs> Crazy? Insane? Uh, yes, I check, I check all the boxes. But yeah, I don't like Hallmark and Richmond Day. I'm not a fan. So we don't really celebrate it at my house, but... Um, but you know what, though? I can see why people do. Good for you. You know, good for people. Do you celebrate it? Uh, well, my husband is working late this evening. So yeah. I said, okay, here's the deal. I said, we're going to have to go out for dinner a different night, which yeah. worked out really great mm-hmm. because I didn't have to cook. And yeah. we were not in the crowds of the restaurant. Mm-hmm. And we just had a nice evening away from the house. So yes. Yes. in that regard, yeah. yes. But yeah. I'm with you. It's just... Yeah. Some of it is kind of silly. Right. But we're going to go in so many directions today. It'll be a breath of fresh air with the news cycle and all the things that we have to absorb on a daily basis. Of course, we're going to take your calls. So if you're listening to this live in the afternoon and you can get this number right off the website, 888-673-1450. And you can go to katedallyradio.com to get that number. But you can call up and we'll take your call and you can voice your um, love or disdain for National Love Day, <laughs> if you want. I'm, I'm game for all of it. So where do you want to start, Melissa? 
Well, I have a different take on it. Okay. So instead, like, you know, this is the day that we think about the birds and the bees. Sure. So we're going to talk about birds today. Okay, let's do Isn't it. Isn't that a goofy Yeah, way to, let's do it. It's not Hallmark. I want to learn Hallmark. something, so we're good. Go for it. This is really fascinating. Okay. So I'm, I want to start off with a thought experiment for you. To, okay. To just kind of illustrate right. how we, ha- we, we need to think about the world around us in a different way. You're in a room, and in in the room with you is an owl, a bat, a mouse, a spider, a mosquito, and a rattlesnake. Okay. okay. And suddenly the lights go off. The bat is just fine. No, no light. The bat has echolocation. He knows exactly where he is. Okay. He's going to fly around and be just fine. Um, the owl mm-hmm. has such acute hearing that it's not going to be worried about anything. Mm-hmm. It can also fly around. It could find a mouse in the room. Um, the rattlesnake detects heat, so it knows where everything else is. When you said the snakes, spider- I thought of uh, politicians. But go ahead, go ahead. Oh, Sorry. Well, <laughs> they the politicians the in this snake. scenario? <laughs> well, maybe they can detect heat as well. <laughs> Hard to say. Uh, the spider is also not going to care. Mm-hmm. Um, because it feels the world through vibration. So every time you move, it knows where you are. The mosquito is going to follow your carbon dioxide trail and it's going to come and land on your skin. But because you are so visually attuned, you're at a complete loss in the, the black room. Right. Okay. So I want you to think about how we perceive the world mm-hmm. and the world we live in is full of these other creatures who do not think like us, who do not perceive like us. They are more alien beings to us than they are our familiars. And that's a really weird thing because they're so familiar to us. We, you know, if you walk out the door and you look at birds, you know, I, I, I just, for about a year now, I've had a bird feeder, one of those things that you stick on your window outside and we put food in it. And I watch the birds come up there all the time. And I'm telling you, birds have got some personality. They really do. Really? The okay. littlest birds can be the snippiest little things. And, <laughs> and some of the bigger birds mm-hmm. are also snippy. Interesting. <laughs> but there's, there's a hierarchy for sure. Which birds can dominate? Which birds will move out of the way? But I wish I, you know, and I I have a suspicion that we would probably know if we could understand their language. Do birds have a language? Do they speak a language? I don't know. I mean, it would be dogs have personalities. So I would imagine that other creatures do, too. Right. So we can see it more visually and we spend more time with dogs. Right. I, I would think out of any, out of anything. Cats are just mean, but <laughs> dogs, <laughs> dogs are, are wonderful, right? So dogs, um, I love dogs, but dogs have their unique personality. So I guess birds would. I've never, you know, I've never really thought of it. That's funny. Well, <clears throat> the last about 30 or so years has seen a complete revolution in the science, like the ornithology science. And so questions like, what makes birds tick? What do they think about? How do they communicate? Why do they sing? Who, which among the birds are doing the singing? 
Can other birds understand what other birds are singing? <clears throat> Do they collaborate? Do they cooperate? Or are they competitive with each other? Are they just instinct driven or do they learn things? Hmm. Do I, and you know, I, I have never thought about that. Do birds actually learn things? And like you said, we know dogs and we know that dogs can be trained to do tricks. They can train to be, to do certain things, but do they have the ability to kind of think through and problem solve on a more sophisticated level than we've given them credit for? You know, do yeah. they do they do that? Do they learn when their environment changes? Do they learn? Well, or are they just creatures of instinct? I know there are certain songs they sing right before the sun's going to rise. They're very, very in tune with what's going on in the earth. So we can capture a lot from birds. Uh, they start to act strange if uh, if if an earthquake is is pending or something's going to happen. You'll see animals. You'll see birds act strange. Um, but they are there are certain songs that they sing. It's really strange um, right before right before that the things happen on the earth. I thought I always, I've always thought that was kind of neat. Well, and here here's an illustration of it. Uh, nesting viri, the type of bird is called a viri, are better than meteorologists at predicting the severity of the upcoming hurricane season. Hmm. They know it, during their nesting season in like March and April, whether the coming September, August and September is going to be a severe season. They anticipate storms. They adjust the length of time that they actually brood their their eggs you know sit on mm -hmm, the nest mm -hmm. and how long it takes they can they can actually adjust how soon it takes for their eggs to hatch so that they have a a shorter period so that they can get out of the way before hurricane season comes smart little things um they adjust their their migration to south america ahead of the hurricanes but how do they know that back in march right Good question. That's a very interesting thing. And they're more predictable than our own people with radars and satellites and eye in the sky and all that stuff. How do the birds know that? Hmm. That's a different kind of knowing. That's a different way of knowing. And we have no idea how they do it. Right. They're like magicians, little bird so magicians. So true. I wonder how AI is going to try to emulate or, you know, try to uh, copycat animals and, and birds, things, things of this nature, because I don't know that they can, I don't think they could ever get it right. I don't, just like they can't get it right with us. I don't think they, they could, I don't, I don't know that there's any way to, because they're such different creatures. Well, that's an interesting thought because I think AI we're going to discover also perceives and has a different kind of intelligence than what we're used to dealing with. Hmm. And it's going to be a different kind of game. Um, but uh, yeah, they're just at the brink of understanding some things about birds. Like I said, the in in the past, the general thought was that birds were just creatures of instinct. Mm -hmm. They their behaviors were based on their evolutionary advantages. You know how to get a better mate, how to get better. You know, yeah. climb up the food chain, how to be more successful at getting food. Now. The science and some of the science has changed because of like brain imaging, and they know now that birds are not as, as instinctual as we may have assumed in the past. That they actually 
teach each other social skills and they teach each other all kinds of skills. And if you have a group of birds that all teach each other a certain skill and the same type of bird over in a different part of the island is mm-hmm. does it a different way? Right. That means they have culture. Right. That's kind of the definition. Here's the uh, of what carpenter's song. Is. Here's the carpenter's song. Why do birds suddenly appear? (laughs) (laughs) Hmm, I wonder. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Alfred Hitchcock wondered that at one point. What do the birds know? (laughs) Hmm, We're going to come right back more with Melissa. Yes, the House voted to impeach the border security chief. Uh, Yes, today, because of the interview with Putin, they're trying to say that Russian nukes are on their way. (laughs) We don't actually believe that, do we? Okay, be right back on National Love Day. Be right back, Kate Daly Show. Hey, America. How tired are you of mainstream corporate media's biased narratives and manipulated news? Their dishonesty and attempts to influence this generation have been exposed put on display for anyone who's even half paying attention. But the New American Magazine has been an honest source of news and commentary for over 50 years. This is your opportunity to receive the stalwart of principled journalism at a deep discount. Picture a beautifully published magazine arriving at your doorstep twice a month, packed with insightful stories written with integrity. It's also available digitally on the New American's mobile app. Get up to speed with intelligent coverage from a freedom perspective. Right now, for a limited time, The New American is available to radio listeners at a 25% discount on a new subscription. Visit thenewamerican.com slash radio25 and receive 25% off. Subscribe today at thenewamerican.com slash radio25. This is the Kate Daly Show. I thought I knew when a love was true. I was filled with expectations. Then you came along. Welcome back. Just playing really gaggy love songs. <laughs> the worst. Um, and I love you uh, is the name of this song. Um, wow. All right. Welcome back. Kate Daly Show, katedalyradio.com. Uh, look, um, not to rain on the love parade, but look, we've got some problems, and every global reserve currency in history has been replaced. Boy, was that a pivot. Every single one. The issuing government, right, spends more money than it has, usually during wartime, which has been for us the last 80 years, Debate 100 years, debases the currency and then defaults on debts as well, which is coming, shattering the trust that's necessary for any currency to survive. Please text 989898. Text my name. That's the only message you send. K-A-T-E. Kate. How easy is that? Get some information. It's free to get. I appreciate you doing this because this means that I know that you're going to get some good information. Then you can start making decisions about getting your investments backed with gold. It doesn't cost you anything to do that. It's such a great move. Also buy gold and silver from them as the gold shortage shortage is looming and coming. So lots of, lots of things to do, lots of stuff we have to prepare for, but I just 
please just want you to know to please text 989898 for some wonderful information. Uh, Melissa is uh, Melissa's back with me. And of course, let's take a quick call. Hi, caller. Welcome to the show. Go right ahead. Yeah. Hi, Kate. Hi. Hi. I just wanted to add an interesting fact about some birds. Uh-huh. Um, they're monogamous. Hmm. So the most famous example is the pigeon. Oh. So they're monogamous. And there's some other birds like that. Penguin. I'm not sure if it's Canadian geese. Penguin, I right? think that's just mind-blowing. Yeah, that is. I think the penguins mate for life, don't they? Yeah, there's <clears throat> there's several yeah. different types of birds. Okay. Thank one you. Of the things you. Appreciate that. Yeah. One of the yeah. things that kind of I thought was fascinating. Uh-huh. Um and the the book that I have just read is called The The Bird's Way mm-hmm. by Jennifer Ackerman. Okay. And one of the things that she points out is that to know a bird is to know a bird. Mm-hmm. You can't make lots of generalizations about all birds okay. because they're so different from one another. Hmm. Like people. So yeah, you <laughs> you do have monogamous mate for life birds. Okay. Interesting. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's resume by talking about the fact that birds are more intelligent Mm -hmm. than we have given them credit for. They are closer in intelligence to uh, primates than they are to reptiles. So on, on the evolutionary chain, there are some very, very intelligent birds Um, There's one called a Clark's Nutcracker that's found in Western North America. And they are able to, they have phenomenally great memories. Think of this. They can bury 30,000 pine seeds in thousands of locations over dozens of square miles. And they can remember those stashes for months and months, up to a year. Oh, wow. So I can't remember where my car keys are and where I left my phone. So, <laughs> so true. clearly the it bird is so has true. The remember remember here. Tesla had quite the relationship, right, with his pigeons. I mean, almost kind of a weird relationship if you ask me, but it was uh it was a relationship nonetheless and um he depended on them, right, for messages, right, to send messages, but he did. He sure. really kind of if if we if we learn things from Tesla, he loved how birds interacted and loved realizing things about birds. I don't know if people realize that. Well, there was one of the there. things that they have discovered, and uh-huh. this comes from brain imaging, uh-huh. you think, well, a, a bird is so tiny. They have got itty bitty, teeny tiny brains, right? Uh-huh. So how many neurons could they have? Well, one of the things that they have discovered, birds have thousands more neurons for a similar sized animal in the mammal world because their neurons wrap much more tightly and they're very sensory based. So birds, things like vision, things like hearing um, are much more acute for birds than they are for mammals. In a lot of ways, birds would outperform any one of us on any number of kind of intelligence scales okay we're gonna so they have it might be teeny but they're powerful Hmm. we're gonna come right back more with midwest melissa when we come back birds and the bees we're focusing on birds be right back
Can you believe after all the recent violent protests, looting and destruction, some communities are considering either defunding or abolishing the police? If you agree that now is the time when police protection is needed most, then it's time we stand up and support your local police and the communities they serve. Call 800-JBS-USA-1 and request your free Support Your Local Police info packet. That's 800-JBS-USA-1 and request your free Support Your Local Police info packet today. Is the Kate Daly Show. This is called Love Goodbye. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, love songs. I love them. Like feelings from Morris Albert. Anyway, <laughs> there's just so many. Um, Interesting ones. We'll give it that. Uh, so sometimes sometimes you just never want to hear them again, right? Because they're so gaggy, but whatever. Uh, welcome back. You know what? Let's take a, a call, a caller. We're online with uh, Midwest Melissa, but let's take a caller first. Hi, caller. Welcome to the show. Go right ahead. Well, hey, Kate. Hey, Hi there. Melissa. Hey. Go hey, right ahead. So I really like uh, the conversation you guys are having. Um, it reminds me of a class I took in college, and our professor was really big into birds and bats. Um, he made a really interesting comment, and I've always thought of that now um, after I listened to the birds in the spring. He said, you know, if we could understand what they were saying during that time, you'd have to plug your children's ears because it would be really R-rated. What? <laughs> because, really? Because they're calling, you know, they're saying, hey, baby, like, look what I got. And they're trying to, you know, oh get 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 a mate so it was really, really eye-opening to to think about hey you know what they really are conversing and having these conversations right and what's really interesting too about the weather thing is frequency so you know the more that i've learned about different insects and animals the more they really rely on the sixth sense of frequency that's around them mm-hmm. because the earth is is giving off different different frequencies and they the animals can pick up on those things Wow. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Thank I you so much. That was informative. That. Yeah. <laughs> I totally am in with that. And I, that it just stirred a memory for me here. Mm-hmm. From the time I was a little kid, I would, I had, I noticed that right before we get severe thunderstorms, it will get perfectly silent. Yes. And they take refuge. You will not, they take you will refuge. not hear a bird, not yep. one. And as soon as the weather passes, you'll hear, start to hear the birds come back. So, yeah, they know. And what are they sensing? Can they hear something farther than we can? Mm-hmm. Are they feeling, you know, some kind of electronic change in the air? Who knows? But, uh, yeah, you know, some of these old wives' tales that we've grown up on, mm-hmm. some of them are factual. They're true. And they come from a people in a time when people were much more closely observant of the natural world so true they fly low to avoid the discomfort of falling air pressure so they uh, they fly low and then they take refuge so you won't see any birds flying high and you'll know a storm is coming you'll know that you know it could be a disaster looming too yes well i want to i want to pivot around now to language because the caller just brought that up too and not everything that birds say is super r-rated 
Because one of the things that birds also do is they are really astute at sounding the alarm. And this is a really intriguing thing to me. Birds, birds can understand each other in certain cases, especially with alarm calls. Sometimes one, one species of bird will know the alarm call of another bird. And I, I, I sent you a thing for a chickadee. And we're probably all familiar with the chickadee call. So if you want to play the little chickadee call, you'll hear it go chickadee dee dee dee. Okay, here we go. It's coming again. Hold on. Here we go. Oh, I had it. Yeah, okay. Chick a dee dee dee. Yeah. There it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Interesting. So, what researchers have discovered is that those are almost, it, it operates almost as a language. A chickadee, when they are using that particular call, that chickadee dee 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 mm-hmm. dee, they can sound the signal for the type of predator, whether it's coming from the land or the air, and how big it is. So I, it made me wonder, I've heard that before in my backyard, and I'm like, oh, maybe they think I'm the predator. <laughs> um, wow. huh. But they have done experiments with different bird calls. Mm-hmm. You can rearrange the, the syllables, if you will, and birds respond differently to it. It's like asking somebody, like, cake, would you like a pancake or would you like a cake pan? If you flip the, the syllables around, if you flip the words around, it has different meaning. So the reason I found that to be so, so interesting, and we're going to pivot off of the birds here for a minute, and we're going to talk about the development of human language, because the first thing that has birds and human beings are the only two animals that share a similar voice capability. You know, we've all heard like parrots that can speak. That's because they have the vocal cords to do it. My dog will never be able to do that because he doesn't have the same vocal structure in his throat to be able for him to make words. So I'm sorry to say Planet of the Apes is off the table. (laughs) But um, darn. so (laughs) there are some people, there are some researchers now, human researchers, people, how far back does language go? And there are some similarities between bird song and human speech um, and human produced music. So you have in both, you have intonation and phrasing. Mm-hmm. And in music, there's no actual words. So all three of those things are components of bird song as well as human produced music. Interesting. So there is a similar thing. There's a shared architecture. There's even, like I just pointed out, there's even syntax. There's a difference between a cake pan and a pancake. And that also translates the same for bird song as it does for human language. So now these researchers are in a big squabble. Which came first? Did music come first for humans or did language come first? And half of the group says, Well, there's no real purpose in music. I mean, it doesn't give you any biological advantage. 
So Shirley language, which is much richer and, and it carries, that surely came first. But the other people point out in childhood, children learn music and singing before they ever learn to speak. And if you listen to a baby babble, it has intonation and it has phrasing and it has rhythm. Fascinating. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, okay. it is fascinating. Newborns will know their mother's voice, not from any word, but they recognize the pattern of her speech. And not only that, babies have a preference for their mother tongue rather than like uh, my children would have had a preference for English that mm -hmm. I speak as opposed to Japanese or Russian because they heard that prenatally. I've never thought of that. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of cool. Isn't yeah. It? So birds also, we know, have a high degree of musical faculty and that music for us is the language of emotion. It is also a language of emotion for birds, whether you're talking about, hey, 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 there's a big hawk in the sky or whether you're saying, hey, baby, come on over. You know, my <laughs> nest is the best in the neighborhood. <laughs> the visual um, I just got on that. But go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so there's a group of scientists who have said that early modern humans might not have spoken at all. They might have whistled and sung. They're called singing, the singing Neanderthals, right? And... This is what I found really fascinating. I want you to cue up the it's a it's another language. It's called Silbo language. And this little clip is this exists on the Canary Islands. There's a couple of places in the world where there are human languages that are whistled. And it's amazing. So if you want to okay. cue that up and play it. Okay. Um, we have to go to a break, but I'm going to come right back and do that. So we'll come back and I'll, I'll okay. play that for you. Perfect. And uh, yeah, I want to hear it now. <laughs> we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll be right back. Stay with us. Kate Daly Show, katedalyradio.com. Self-reliance. It's not a phrase we hear much in our culture these days. It might conjure up images of pioneers, the West, rifles, strapping men, and strong women. But what does it mean for us in today's world? The New American Magazine has just released its latest collector's edition, Self-Reliance, Foundation of Freedom. In it, the New American authors outline the necessity of self-reliance for a free people, tips for self-reliant living, and the importance of not giving up hope. This unique edition includes articles on the self-sufficiency of the founders, preparing for a worst-case scenario, firearms, financial self-reliance, the importance of community, and many other topics by expert writers. Now, for a limited time, The New American is offering a bundle of three collector's editions, Self-Reliance, the Great Reset, and Trump World for just $19.95. A great stocking stuffer available at shopjbs.org. Visit shopjbs.org today. This is the Kate Daly Show. I love you. I simply love you. Oh, won't you believe me? <laughs> 
another gaggy love song for you. It's called I Simply Love You. If you didn't get that from <laughs> the song itself, I'm sorry. Some things just make me laugh. Anyway, uh, gaggy love songs make me laugh. Uh, National Love Day today if you're celebrating. And... Um, and um, I'm not a big fan, but if you are, that's okay. And I also want you to invite you to call in 888-673-1450. Offer, offer up your tidbits. The birds and the bees, obviously the day of the birds and the bees. But we're focusing on the birds today with Midwest Melissa because I'm always game to learn something. And I'm learning so much in this hour. I really appreciate you taking on this book and 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 science of this. I think this is kind of cool. I, so thank you, Melissa. It's kind of cool. I, I love like this. Um, also, make sure and get over to activatefiq.com and get the supplements that are made right. The ones that are actually going to absorb into your system. It matters what supplements you take and it matters what company makes them. Activatefiq.com. After a lot of hunting, these were the guys that I take my copper from and my whole C, a lot of vitamin D, a lot of different supplements from because... They have what they have the kind of product that absorbs in your body, and that's the most important thing. Go to activatefiq.com because you're going to get more bang for your buck, actually, because they absorb and put in the code Kate. Okay, and of course, my pillow go to mypillow.com and order some wonderful sheets, treat yourself to some towels and a robe and some slippers. You will, and the pillows, of course, because you'll love their products. But put in the code Kate. All right, Melissa, let's uh, let's play that uh, song, let's play that bird. Right? Yeah. The whistling well, language. This is, okay. This is human beings. Okay. Oh, yes, you're right. Okay. This is so. a human language. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Una botella de vino rosado. Another example. Also, noch ein Beispiel. Oh, Una botella de agua. So interesting. <laughs> okay. Oh, wild. All right. So are are we listening to the remnants of an old language? Hmm. Or what is that? And and there's a couple of other places in the world that have a whistling language like that. One of them is in Turkey. And it's because of the distance, partly, that you can be heard with a whistle compared to a, a voice. It's very interesting. All right. I'm loving um, it. So let, let's take a quick call. Hi, caller. Welcome to the show. Make it quick. Yeah, I was raised on a farm. I've been around animals and birds my whole life. Uh-huh. And you can really start to understand how these birds and animals talk. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. It, I agree with you. Yeah. You know what? Uh, there was a you had a story, Melissa, about that. Yeah, they are. um in Australia, there are uh, the name of the bird is a honey eater, and honey eaters are the New, Ho- New Holland honey eaters are the alarm birds of the Australian outback. And so there was a woman who was studying, and when she when she would go to do the studies, she kind of began to tune into the honey eaters because whenever they raised the alarm, um there was always something around. She knew honey eaters were the birds that warned everybody else. There's a, there's a raptor, there's a snake, there's something dangerous going on. And what's interesting is other birds knew that sound too. They, it was cross species. She said, they are the birds that warn everybody else and everybody else pays attention to them. And she said it was so profound for her when she, 
got back to England where she lived after studying in Australia, she said it was almost like one of her senses was missing because she she always knew when she heard the honey eaters to look around, see what's mm. what's up because they were so reliable and so predictable. Wow. It almost became one of her thing. senses. Like it almost became like she was very yeah, dependent it on did. it. Hmm. So I, I also, we were talking on the break. If you remember in Star Wars when we heard R2-D2 do his little beepity boop thing, yeah. we always knew what he was talking about. Yeah. How could we know that? Inflection. Because, yeah, because it's, it's, a, it's a language that's different. It makes me wonder whether Steven Spielberg or George Lucas maybe patterned that after some of this. Well, we would be remiss if we don't kind of finish off with some of the really crazy, amazing things that birds have done. Um, the smartest bird in the world is called the New Caledonian Crow. Mm-hmm. And in the wild, they make their own tools to catch insects. And tool making has long been regarded as kind of the unique privilege of human beings. But nope, crows do it. Hmm. Um, but I, wa- I, wa- I do want to kind of finish off with an African gray parrot named Alex. And Alex was a, um, he was trained, he was a lab bird. He got his name as an avian something experimental bird, like avian linguistic experimental bird. And he was raised from the egg by the woman that worked in the lab. And they decided to teach, African greys are very adept. They're, They're wonderful mimics. And she wanted to test whether it's just mimicry or whether there was something else going on for birds in their head. So she, she taught him hundreds of words. Um, when the bird died, he could speak something like 250 different words. He was operating at about a five-year-old child level intellectually, really. Um, he could understand abstract ideas. Mm-hmm. He understood things like zero the concept of zero, there's nothing there. Um, he knew colors and shapes. And at one point when she was teaching him colors, he asked her, what color are my feathers? Isn't that crazy? Yeah. He wanted to know what color he was. Huh. Like that's red, that's blue. And what color am I? Hmm. And so they told him he was gray. He was an African gray. <laughs> um, Interesting. Thinking so bird. And it's, it, Yeah. He was a thinking bird. So he could also, they could put items on a tray and say, how many red things are on this tray? And he could tell them how many red things there were. Um, He could also, um, if you ask him what an object was made of, he would pick it up in his beak and he would like taste it with his tongue. And he could tell you if it was wood or if it was plastic or if it was glass. So I, there's um, I, 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 we have another little clip, but you can oh, yeah. look it up on YouTube. Right. I, I don't want to spend the time because I really want to kind of wrap it up with this. There's another African gray. You've got about 20 name, seconds, 30 seconds. His Go name ahead. was Throckmorton. Okay. And this is about birds at play. He was so adept at mimicking the sound of the cell phone. He used to like to call he would you know with his stuff he would get the people he lived with to go look for the phone then he would pick it up and go hello uh-huh uh-huh bye and then he would hang it up 
Unbelievable. And the people said he was just jerking him around. It was just a game. Unbelievable. Oh, my gosh. I love it. Smart little things. Keep your yeah. eye on them. And if, you, you know, if, <laughs> when stuff hits the fan, keep your eye on the birds, too. Uh, thanks exactly. so much, Melissa. Uh, Midwest Melissa, thank you. And on, with, on to the next hour with Susan. So uh, stay with us. You're going to want to hear what Susan has to say, too. Be right back on the Kate Daly Show. Have you ever heard someone say, the system's broken? Sure you have. Well, it's not true. America's founders created a brilliant governing system that prevents us from having kings, queens, dictators, and even czars. We the people can replace every elected official in a span of six years if we so choose. Here at the John Birch Society, we believe the only way to liberty, prosperity, and national sovereignty is not only understand what's in our founding documents, but demand that every elected official adheres to them. The reason we have a ballooning, reckless, and corrupt government is because elected officials aren't following the Constitution. The John Birch Society is principled, coordinated, effective activism. We believe the Constitution is the solution. Join JBS and change America. Visit JBS.org or call 1-800-JBS-USA1 to get involved. That's JBS.org. Calling all mediocre males. Women's sports is up for grabs. It's time to live your dream. The Kate Daly Show starts now. So it's not going to be easy. It's going to be really hard. And we're going to have to work at this every day. But I want to do that because I want you. I want all of you forever. You and me every day. (laughs) Will you do something for me? Please. You just picture your life for me. 30 years from now, 40 years from now? I would rather have had one breath of her hair, one kiss of her mouth, one touch of her hand, than an eternity without it. One. We live in a cynical world. A cynical world. And we work in a business of tough competitors. I love you. You complete me. And I just had... Shut up. Just shut up. You had me at hello. You had me at hello. Oh my gosh, welcome. Um, last hour, Kate Daly Show, katedalyradio.com. You had me at hello. I love it. You know those movies. I love those movies, <laughs> by the way. And um, yes, I'm a romantic. I just can't stand Valentine's Day. But happy Valentine's Day to all of you who enjoy it. And I appreciate you guys. Um, and uh, of course, you can call up or or we'll try to we'll, we'll try to squeeze some calls in. 888-673-1450. I've got Susan uh, Reeve with me. She joins me on this hour every Every Wednesday. I appreciate you coming on because we have a lot of news. We have a lot of things to catch up on in the news. And then we also are going to talk about men and women. Yes? Absolutely. Yeah. All right. All right. I can't wait. I can't wait. Okay. So this will be interesting. I, I did want to let people know um, 
Mitt Romney, biggest sellout. Um, I apologize. My state gave you Mitt Romney. Um, he doesn't even live in my state, but we gave you Mitt Romney. And um, yeah, he's the worst. He's about the worst. Here is uh, Mitt talking about the $95 billion of foreign aid. Here we go. As United States senators. Most We're important. We're not being asked to send American troops into war. We are asked to help the Ukrainians defend themselves. If we fail to help Ukraine, Putin will invade a NATO nation. He may delay his next invasion until he rebuilds his decimated military. Um, is it decimated? Because if it's decimated, why are we sending money over? It's like, you can't have both mer- narratives, Mitt. And then also uh, talking about how we have to help the Ukrainians. No, really, it's us. It's our substation America over there. So um, I just thought it was funny that he said uh, that, that Russia was um, decimated, although we still have to send gobs of money over there. And this just passed, right, Susan? Yeah, it just passed in the Senate, and uh, there were some Republicans, including Mitt Romney, who voted for it. Mm. And I thought it was funny that Chuck Schumer already has this visit scheduled to go over to Ukraine, and someone commented, with the whole group of people, a congressional delegation, what better way to collect your kickbacks than to lead a congressional delegation over to Ukraine Mm -hmm. after you pass the money? So that made perfect sense to me. Isn't that interesting? And then also, did you hear uh, Mitt Romney say that Russia will get them, will attack them? You know, it's been a year and a half. I'm pretty sure if they were going to mow them over, they would have by now. Well, uh, uh, he said invade a NATO country. And so they're Mm. trying to put up the idea that it's going to be Poland because Ukraine is not a NATO country. Right. And so this was the argument in Vietnam, right? We have Mm -hmm. to stop the communists from taking over South Vietnam Mm -hmm. because it'll just be a march through the countries. And that was a debacle. You know, the interesting thing, too, is Tucker Carlson was mentioning that, like, the 650,000 richest people of Ukraine Mm -hmm. have fled the country. Like, their rich Mm -hmm. are no longer there. Hmm. Um, and then the average age of like recruits in the military now is 45 years old. I mean, they're just burning through troops. And so something has gone terribly wrong. Um, there's also a new congressional inquiry into why, Mm -hmm. um, that Congress just found out, um, they were interviewing, um, uh, David Sachs, who's been involved. He said, we had an instant. Instable, uh, a draft agreement in Turkey that was signed by the Ukrainians. Um, this was back at the beginning of the war. The leader of the Ukrainian delegation said they had a deal. Um, Oleski Eritobov, who worked for Zelensky, said they were popping champagne bottles because they had a deal, a truce. This was near the beginning of the war. But then Boris Johnson flew into Kiev, and all of a sudden the deal fell apart. So they said, it seems like now we're appropriating more money to return to a negotiation we had for free at the war's beginning. It said, where in the world was the congressional oversight mm-hmm. when the, this truce was being negotiated at the beginning of the war? Yeah. So they're trying to dive down into that. Why did it get sabotaged? It seems pretty obvious why it got sabotaged. <laughs> Yes. I mean, I don't know how anyone can avoid how obvious it truly is. So I, I this is it's just stunning. The House uh, impeached uh, the border security chief. 
oh, yeah, oh, he, you know, they said, well, the thing about it is you impeach in the House, but mm-hmm. then you convict in the Senate. Exactly. It's, no, it's not going anywhere. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, he's here to mm-hmm. stay. Mm-hmm. Um, he's like a bad rash. He's not going away anytime soon. It was their feeble was- attempt to to say, look what we're doing because they don't do anything. So it was like, look what we're doing. And oh, they shot us down. Those darn, those darn uh, Democrats shot us down. But really and truly, it's about trying to look like you're doing something. Now, some people might look at it and go, well, they did something. So that's good. They haven't done hardly it anything. Achieved, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it achieved, achieved anything. Nothing. nothing. That, I mean, isn't that so typical of mm. politicians? You're doing things that don't achieve anything. But yeah. you're, you're doing stuff. You're it's, busy work. I call it fake you know, fight. It's a fake fight. But go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's a fake fight. So um, one of the um, congressmen, Republicans, came out and said that he wanted to report, because they've been following this, that yesterday a total of 269 Chinese nationals illegally entered the United States. And that was with the Border Patrol then uh, reporting in fiscal 24, 2024, 20,000 individuals from China have crossed the border. Now, these are illegal people. These are not coming through our immigration system. Um, and then in 2023, 24,000 Chinese migrants, they're calling them illegals, illegally crossed the border. So in just two years or a year and a half, you have 44,000 Chinese migrants. And there were 2,000 in 2022, and in 2021, there were 342 total, total. But now we're in the tens of thousands. And many of them, here's the other thing, the Chinese will not allow our people, our overseers, to look through their criminal databases to make sure these are not criminals or party members. Of course they won't. Of course, they're just, they said, various law enforcement databases in China, we, they're not allowing us access to those. Well, yeah. So this really looks like maybe a migration for people who are suffering somewhere in the world. I mean, mm-hmm. I think there's five billion of those. And then an invasion of Chinese Communist Party members who have an agenda to be here. And this doesn't happen for free. You know, this is a paid operation. Right. So anyway, those numbers were pretty staggering to me, 44,000 just in the last 18 months. So true. I was listening to a, a clip about a, a guy that visited down in Panama, and the camp was much different for the Chinese than it was for anyone else. He felt like they were gathering intelligence. He felt like, they you know, obviously, he couldn't take pictures. He couldn't do, there, he couldn't do things at, the, uh, at this camp that he could at the other camps, and that they took him through the pass, the very dangerous pass, um, to make it look like it's very natural and organic, but it was absolutely not. And when he saw what he saw with the shape of the the place they were in and the way that they were doing it and everything was secretive and barred off and the Panamanians did not like it. They did not want them there. But for some reason, um, uh, this group had access to this particular piece of land. But they put them through the pass um, so that they could look at, like it was an organic thing. It, it's clearly not. And that's what the guy walked away saying is this is not right. This is very yeah, wrong. Uh, yeah, that whole interview with Tucker Carlson, it was Brett Weinstein, who is a science professor 
actually, and uh, he went down with Michael Yon, who you've had on the show, mm-hmm. and it was the, it's the Darien Gap. Darien and Gap, yep. he just said, this was way wrong. He said, um, they won't say why they're there. They, mm-hmm. uh, they have no interest in talking to outsiders. And he said, I think this is, he said, I've been to dangerous places before. I've been to places where people fear their government and can't talk to you because it's not safe. Right. This didn't feel like that at all. Like the reason they weren't talking to them had nothing to do with, oh, we're so afraid. Yeah. It's they just don't want them knowing what they're up to. So it true. is, I mean, yeah. we pay for security in this country mm-hmm. hundreds of billions of dollars. And right under our noses, they're allowing this to happen. Which doesn't that suggest to you that maybe there is some blackmail involved, something holding over somebody to allow this to happen? It would also say that Uncle Milty was right. He'll love hearing that. Uncle Milty was right in that um, Biden is already, that we've already sold out to China. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, Long honestly, time ago. That is what this, this really seems like a symptom of that. I don't see how there's no other explanation for this. Do we become their their Ukraine? Just like we have bombarded and cooed Ukraine and it's really us versus Russia there. Or do we become that type of Ukraine for China? It's a question. Yeah, that's a that's a really, really good point. And this is really I mean, if you think of an infection, this is like a parasitic infection. They're going to come here and just take and not build our our economy in any way they're here for nefarious purposes and we've talked about it before like why are they letting the cities just crumble into nothing yet if the president of china comes over they instantly clean up the streets i think there's all china has these hundred year plans and i think part of it this is the communist party is to take over these these areas, you know, whether they're buying distressed properties or uh, because they say property prices are going down in San Francisco. Um, they have huge vacancy rates. Mm. So it makes more sense that this is some kind of deliberate okay. scheme for that to happen. We're going to come right back. More with Susan Reeve when we come back. And we got Julian Assange, Mitch McConnell. There's something about him. Men and women. Be right back on this Valentine's Day. Be right back. Yeah, do I have to eat this? Oh, honey, it's great protein. Don't be picky. Eat your crickets. Many are following the lead of the United Nations to replace your meat diet with an insect diet. It's an all-out war on meat, farmers and ranchers. Don't let new green policies place controls on your life and overall freedoms. It's time to get us out of the UN. Go to JBS.org or call 800-JBS-USA-1. This is the Kate Daly Show. I love you. I love you. I really love you. I think he really I loves her. <laughs> I love you, my sweetheart. I know. 
That's the next gaggy song that you get today uh, for Valentine's Day. Uh, welcome back to the show. Make sure you uh, text Birchgold989898. Text them my name, Kate, for some free information. You can't go wrong with free information, right? And um, look at that and then decide what to do. How much, you know, they're great to talk to to say, how much should I take out in cash? How much should I have in the bank? How much gold and silver should I have, depending on my age and my situation? And we know that um, currencies come to an end. They always have. And we know that new ones start up and the new ones starting up is digital currency. And it's a way to track every single item, every single thing that you do in your life. And it's a way to control. I've had many guests on talking about that control. Before that happens, and if they do something in a disaster form where you would lose everything you have, you look at your bank balance statement, would that be the same statement the next day? I always wonder about that, to tell you the truth. Um, I can see them doing it. Remember what they did in the Great Depression that was manipulated. Please text Birchgold989898. That's the phone number that on your phone. And then uh, 989898, and then text my name, Kate. Um, you'll get some free info. And uh, Susan... Coming back here, it is Valentine's Day, Day of Love, or I, as I call, Hallmark Enrichment Day. So, yeah. um, <laughs> so you wanted to talk about chocolate for just a moment in all this yes, madness. Yes, I did, actually. Okay. I have loved chocolate since I was a child. It is my favorite thing ever. Yeah. But it turns out that sugar and chocolate prices are soaring. In fact, uh, chocolate has almost doubled in the last few months a doubling in a year, up to $6,000 per ton. And the chocolate industry is saying it is a huge shock. Now, part of it is due to El Nino. El Nino hitting the coast of Africa, so kind of the, underneath the bump of Africa. And there's two main countries, Ghana and the Ivory Coast. And so, sure, yeah, there's weather, but this is also in inflation-related. Okay. In fact, Hershey's just warned last week it's going to be cutting jobs uh, in order to trim about $300 million from its budget because if all of your costs of doing business are skyrocketing as well, your energy costs and uh, people expect higher wages to meet all of their higher living expenses, mm-hmm. well, now you've got to start laying people off because You've got to meet those that money uh, requests somehow, some way. And so when you also, people have noticed, like high tech is just shedding tens of thousands of jobs and people are going, why now? What is happening? It's inflation to a large degree. It's going up. But um, these countries, you know, this is their main export and one of the, the people said, how many cookie manufacturers are going to be putting in fewer chocolate chips in their cookies? <laughs> That's so true. And, and more, yeah, more restaurants are going to be offering cheesecake and things like flan instead of their chocolate desserts. Mm-hmm. And so recognize if you are missing out on chocolate, yeah. it's due to, you know, it's a, inflation. It's a product of a manipulated government is really what it is. It really is. And here's the funny thing, too, is they have found out how good dark chocolate is for you. It has polyphenols in it. And like the 70% and above chocolate, we should be having a few ounces of that every day, nutritionists say. And so I I have to do that. I, that's something I do every day. That's why I drink chaffee. I actually really love chaffee. <laughs> I really do. Oh, yeah. It is a wonderful yeah, drink. And uh, I do. I still start every single day off with chaffee. I love it. And I'm a big, huge fan of it. 
we're going to we're going to come back. You have some things on Julian Assange. Mitch McConnell had something kind of interesting happen that we'll talk about. And uh, of course, men and women. There's some things that we need to talk about with that because it's Valentine's Day, everybody. Um, but do you want to give us a, we have about a minute. Do you want to give us a, a teaser on, on the Mitch, McDon- Mitch McConnell? Yeah, well, everybody knows Mitch McConnell is um, married to a woman who um, was on the Trump administration, and she's Chinese, has five Chinese sisters, uh, big connections to China, and one of those sisters, head of a shipping company, just passed away, died in a car accident Hmm. in Texas. We'll talk about it. Yeah, you know, it was. there's been some interesting, uh, somebody from the Trump administration just died as well, suddenly. Um, as well, right? So there's been there's been some that was that was who? Oh, that was actually somebody who was murdered in a carjacking yes. in Washington D.C. And Trump talked about it at one mm-hmm. of his recent rallies and said this guy was phenomenal, brilliant, mm-hmm. and they have had something like nine hundred carjackings in D.C. D.C. is so tiny. Yeah. Hmm. I'm always a little suspect of some, you know, things uh, going on, manipulated things. And it might not always work out that way. There could be legit carjackings, but just interesting what happens to those kinds of people. Be right back. The John Birch Society has been working tirelessly since 1958 to preserve freedom, safeguard the Constitution, and restore our God-given rights. We continually educate voters and lead the freedom movement. Join us as we work against a tyrannical one-world government. United as one, we can defeat this conspiracy against a free America. JBS founder Robert Welch said, education is our total strategy and truth our only weapon. Go to JBS.org and join us in restoring this great nation. This is the Kate Daly Show. How long is forever? So near, so far. How long is the journey? song listening today <laughs> for one gaggy love song after another for you you're welcome uh, we aim to please here at the kate daly show uh so happy you're tuned in katedallyradio.com always stream from there no matter whatever happens to the show always go to katedallyradio.com and you will know exactly where i'm at or where i'm broadcasting from or whatever the case may be and um the multiple stations we're on you can find those at katedallyradio.com super appreciate you and also activate fiq.com i can't stress this enough the supplements that you take um the kind of supplements that you take are very, very important to your health. So I wouldn't trip off to the store that, you know, over the counter ones, I'd go to activate FIQ dot com and get those because they'll absorb into your body and that's what's most important plus it gives you more bang for your buck so you'll notice the differences um, because you'll notice you're taking really good quality supplements activatefiq.com put in the code kate and then also i just wanted to say get over to mypillow.com and preparewithkate.com prepare with kate you should be getting food storage everyone should be getting food storage right now. I think there's disasters coming. And um, I think that we need to be on on uh, on the alert for many different things that could happen. So just be ready. Susan's with me. And uh, I'm so grateful for her and all the research she does. So we'll be talking a little bit about Julian Assange. And uh, we'll get to men and women too. And uh, so where do you... Oh, by the way, I just want to say they are really doubling down on Russia, the big bad enemy, nukes in play. <laughs> 
nukes are going to be in play again. We got these headlines in December too, but the nukes are in play. And I always love it when they do that. They had to do it right after the interview so that they could double down on Russia, the bad guy again, because it's kind of strange. Anyway, what did you think, Susan? I think it's just a a typical playbook. They fear monger and then they accuse us of fear mongering. Right. But we see, you know, you can't, I mean, there is the story about the boy who cried wolf, right? And you notice they don't, we kind of stopped teaching that. He kept crying wolf and crying wolf. And then when there was a wolf, nobody believed him. Yeah. So we're at the point where nobody is believing anything uh, coming out of them. Because uh, first of all, there's nothing they can do, we can do. And secondly, the timing of this is very suspicious. Right. I agree. And and it's hard to imagine that Putin has any motive for doing this. He doesn't really have a motive. So. Okay. Yeah. I mean, my thoughts. yeah, I think he, he spelled a lot out. Um, everything he said, do I trust everything? No. But I, there was some sincerity there, and I think we have a pretty good radar for, for lying. And so I actually thought that he was being um, pretty authentic in a couple of places in that interview. More than a couple of places, actually. So that was my thought. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that was my impression, too, exactly, yeah. that there yeah. was some genuine mm-hmm. connection, um, communication there. And, you know, he, it was interesting because he said, said that Russia has, I don't remember how many trillions of dollars of resources Mm-hmm. And I think he's always been looking for a way to to exploit those, get those out of the ground and, and move on with right. Russia's uh, progress. Right. For some reason, the West is just paranoid and aggressive. Yes. Yes. Ah, OK. What do we where do we go from here? Oh, thinking, speaking of paranoid and aggressive, uh, New York Magazine, um, The New Yorker, had a, a phenomenal article that I have never read anything like this before. So many people re- remember that Julian Assange, uh, who was the head of WikiLeaks and leaked a bunch of emails about Hillary and John Podesta. In fact, John Podesta is now back in the administration taking over climate change. Um, those creeps. Anyway... <laughs> He has been in a in Milmarsh prison in the UK for all these years. There was an originally a rape charge, and that was dropped. And now they are trying to extradite him to the United States. And the prediction is, if they extradite him to the United States, the CIA, the people who were in charge of, say, Jeffrey Epstein's security, that uh, Assange is going to get killed. Mm-hmm. is that uh, they're very upset and angry with him, and he has more secrets to tell. So what's happened is there is a Russian artist by the name of Andrei Malodkin, and he came up with this idea. He, is, uh, he acquired a 32-ton Swiss bank safe, and in it he says he will destroy works, artworks, works by Picasso, works by Rembrandt and Warhol if the WikiLeaks founder dies in prison. Hmm. And they are calling this the dead man switch. The dead man switch, and it's like an art project. Um, he, a reporter went over there and he showed them the inside of the safe. 
It has five different locks. Um, it said inside were a handful of custom-built plywood crates, which will eventually hold a group of works donated by artists and collectors. So he ha- actually has people who says, I will donate my Rembrandt, hmm. right? Um, there will be pieces uh, by Andy Warhol, Picasso, and the, the uh, estimates of the collective value will be about $40 million. And they have 16 artworks donated so far that they're expecting more. But listen to this. In the middle of the crates was a small pneumatic pump connecting two white barrels, one containing acid power and the other an accelerator that could cause a chemical reaction mm-hmm. strong enough to turn the entire contents of the safe to debris within two hours. So on February 20th and 21st, Assange will be facing a court hearing. Mm-hmm. Um, this is going to be his final appeal to the United States uh, that they're trying to extradite him. There's going to be two video cameras, one fitted in a corner of the safe and one outside it. And they're going to be live streaming on YouTube. In the event that Assange should die in prison, a remote control button will be activated to set off the chemical reaction and the contents of the safe will disintegrate. Um, It says only if Assange is released as a free man will the art be returned to its owners, that Assange is a red line. Now, you read this and you think this is totally bizarre. Who in their right mind would think this up? And yet, I think this artist recognizes that the powers that be value some things more so than a human life, Mm -hmm. like pieces of art. Don't you think? Yeah. Um, um, and so it's, they said it's kind of a human shield, this dead man switch, but in the form of art, an art shield. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> there is a lot going on behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Julian Assange and the people behind him who are his advocates and supporters say, we know even more than we've told. Mm-hmm. We have more that we're ready to tell. Mm-hmm. And um, we, we need him alive. Right. His life means so much to us. So that is happening yeah. right now in real time. Mm-hmm. The only question I have is, is that, you know, we're, we're in thick with MI6 and the Mossad and all the intelligence agencies. So if we wanted him dead, we would make sure he was dead because we work lockstep with those guys. So... I wonder why they haven't done that yet, unless they have, but we don't know about it. You know what I mean? I don't know. Just something to think about. I think um, there has been proof of life. Like his family has recently been to visit him not too long ago. Um, And you're right. But I think there's just forces at work. I think there's Mm -hmm. just, you know, threat upon threat, blackmail upon blackmail. And so it's a stalemate. Uh, and I think they also know that WikiLeaks probably has their own dead man switches that things are going to release if he is killed. Mm. Okay, we're going to come. Uh, we're going to come right back. And of course, uh, headlines. Like I said, it's all about Russia. It's all about nukes. And then, of course, uh, the nonsense babble from Mitt Romney, the New World Order guy. And we just have so much in today's news. And then it's Valentine's Day. <laughs> it's Love Day. So. So what do we do? We're going to talk about all of it. And we're going to talk about men and women, too, when we come back. More with Susan, the great Susan Reed, when we come back. Don't go anywhere. Kate Downing Show.
If Americans want to remain a free and sovereign nation, more people need to understand the principles and values that built America. At the John Birch Society, we have the organization, the plan, and the resources to do just that. Our founder, Robert Welch, said, education is our total strategy and truth our only weapon. Go to jbs.org to learn more, including how you can get involved to work locally and impact nationally. Join us at jbs.org. This is the Kate Daly Show. There on the stairs, seemed like an angel had answered all my prayers. Oh, I bet you're feeling really romantic right now, right? Anyway, no, I'm a huge romantic. I really am. I I did get married in 12 days. That that tells you I'm a romantic, right? So I'm not uh, I'm not an unromantic. I just uh, Valentine's Day just cracks me up. So I always make fun of it. Sorry, it's just me. And I also want you to share in the worst possible song that I think none of us want to hear anymore. Here you go. Feeling. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Oh, that song, Feelings by Albert Morris. Anyway, uh, Susan, back here with you, and we got to talk men and <laughs> got to talk men and women. I think that's the ultimate cheesy song. But do you have an ultimate cheesy song, Susan? Oh, that, I mean that one really takes the cake. So, yeah, <laughs> that air supply, carpenters, you name it. Anyway, uh, anyway, so let's talk. Um, if you wanted to finish anything else up, or men and women, where do where did you want to go? Um, we can talk about men and women. Um, okay. There is some really fascinating research that's come out um, by Brad Wilcox in part wrote a book called Get Married, Why Americans Must Defy the Elites, Forge Strong Families, and Save Civilization. It's really a powerful message. Mm-hmm. And he um, he's a member of my faith, which is um, a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And he looked at a county that is one of the strongest married counties in the country, mm-hmm. and it is Utah County, Utah. And there are it has the highest proportion of married families of any mid-sized county, uh, more than 50,000 people. And what's interesting about this is they're trying to figure out what is the basis for stable civilization and individual happiness. And he looked at a bunch of these statistics, um, And he said, you know, this county attracted all these jobs from big corporations. People wanted to um, use this workforce. But it said it's not an outlier. It's not that unusual Hmm. that any place in America where you have um, these stable middle class areas, he said it is one of it has a lot to do with religion. Where are the most religious communities tend to be very, very stable. So he said places like um, Williamson County in Tennessee, which has a lot of church going, evangelicals, Protestants, etc. And um, he said of these top 10 counties, half are among the most religious places in the nation. And these are the most stable. He said, so when you look at the four groups, that in terms of neighborhoods and counties, what four groups are the masters of marriage? They've really figured it out. They're very successful. In fact, um, something like 80% of the most affluent class is, um, is married. But if you look at the most impoverished communities, they have like a 50% single parenthood rate. It's a lot different. 
So he said, of these masters of marriage, the people most likely to get married, the first group is the faithful, people who attend worship services. And because these churches, um, they provide practical, social, emotional, financial support, they're more likely to believe on principle that marriage is good and it's good for kids, which we know statistically is true. True. He said the second group is conservatives, and this is the classic American middle Mm -hmm. class, hard work, financial success. These also like um, traditional marriage, and they also believe in sexual fidelity in marriage. That turns out to be really, really important because um, in some of the higher elites, I remember when they interviewed um, President Kennedy's personal secretary. She gave an interview about regarding a book, and she said, you know, these people at this echelon, everybody has affairs, everybody sleeps around. But see, in a middle-class situation, you can't do that. There's too much at risk. She said the third group is strivers, and those people, um, they're the professionals. They have, a, you know, degrees, and they make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. The fourth group is Asian-American. So, you know, we talked about the Chinese coming across the border illegally, but most of those are single young men. Chinese, I mean, excuse me, Asian Americans tend to have some of the highest education in the United States. They tend to be the best educated, best incomes, fastest growing racial group in the United States. And because of their traditions, which tend to be Confucian, Hindu, Muslim, they are very family oriented and put family first. Um, but the statistics came out, who tends to get married and stay married? Mm-hmm. Faith. Faith is the strongest predictor of marital quality when compared to other factors like ideology, education, race, and income. You know how much time the news media, corporations spend on ideology, race, income equality? Those come in second, third, and fourth to faith. Hmm. as the predictive factor, which, thank goodness that I'm in the right category because, you know, I had a a 40-year marriage and faith played a massive role in that. He was so wonderful. Kevin was amazing. He was a guest on the show many, many times, and you two were a dynamo, dynamo couple. Oh, thank you. Yes, Kevin was my soulmate. But I'll tell you what got us through, you know, we had seven kids and what got us through a lot of challenges was just knowing that there's a higher power. Um, We were raising our kids in our faith and that ultimately the marriage, not just me, not just him, but the marriage was important. And so we also have a belief in my faith that we are sealed, sealed together for time and all eternity, people of they have seen our temples. Mm-hmm. And just having that as an ideal makes you want to try harder when things look really I love that. When things are really tough, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so this family structure is the biggest factor in predicting if poor kids are going to realize the American dream. Again, it's not race, it's not education. It has to do with family structure and family structure success has to do with faith. So as we see more and more people having strings of marriages, more and more people not even bothering to get married, 
Um, you know, there's a lot of stories out of the UK. If you read the Daily Mail, well, there's well, they say so and so and his partner. Yeah. You know, people just aren't bothering to get married. So I just think on Valentine's Day, it's good to remember that it's worth it. And people do this; they do it successfully. I I personally know a lot of people with marriages fifty years, sixty years, forty years. Um, it's, in my circle of friends, that's the norm. It's really how committed you are. People ask me how we have stayed married uh, 30 years with, um, just about 30 years with uh, getting married in 12 days. And it was because both of us had the commitment going in that we were there to stay. And you're always going to hit rough times and you're always going to hit great times. And it's okay. And you'll make it through, but it makes you a, it makes you a better person to go through all of that. I so appreciate you sharing too. Um, what matters to you and your relationship because you you were in an amazing relationship like you said for 40 years thank you susan really appreciate you on this valentine's day and of course be faithful be fearless share the show and uh, the insights uh, that we bring here really appreciate you donate to the show that's right on the website katedallyradio.com but have a great valentine's night all right we'll see you